We've been looking at the importance of God's word in our lives. And we've said that the word of God is essential to our lives as followers of Christ. We need to study it. We need to read it. We need to believe it. We need to speak it over our lives. We need to base our prayers on it. And most importantly, we need to live by it and be a doer thereof. Can I hear an amen there? Because God's word renews our minds. It, it, It prunes us. It upholds us. And when we act on it, it leads us to a transformed life. The word of God doesn't have the power of God It is the power of God. The word of God changes and transforms any given situation. And we said that we noted when the Bible talks about the word of God being a lamp to our feet, a light on our path, this concept of light, lamp, illumination, what does it mean? And that's what I want to talk about today under the subtitle, And God said, let there be light. Now, golden text is in Psalms 119, verse 105, and Psalms and verse 130. I'm going to try and move quickly to cover as much ground as possible. So now that I'm speaking quickly, I'm going to ask you to listen quickly and to say amen quickly. And to get in the spirit quickly. Psalms 119, verse 105 and 130, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's in the New King James Version Bible. What does it mean when it says the word is the light on my path? And what's the relationship between that light and the lamp? And then verse 130 says, The entrance of your word gives light. So when God's word enters, it gives light. Then it talks about it giving understanding to the simple. What's the relationship between the light and the understanding? And what it means here is that the word of God shines a light on our lives. The word of God releases light into our lives. And so today I want us to look at this particular concept of light, and we'll look at other scriptures that use the same Hebrew word. And if time allows, we will look at the New Testament as well. This Hebrew word for light is used, that's used here, is the word O-R, 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 actually, that's how it's spelled. But it's, 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 it's pronounced O, O-R-E, O. And that word for light, thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. The entrance of your word brings light. That word, it's a primitive root word. And it's used in a causative sense. And it means to cause something to be luminous. To cause something to be luminous. It speaks about that in a literal sense and in a metaphoric sense. 
That word speaks of the break of day. When light comes, it's daybreak. Night passes. It speaks of glorious. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. Talks about bringing glory. It means to kindle. Just like you kindle a light, you bring something to life that wasn't there. That word means to light, to set on fire or to shine. So this root word, when we read it, we find that it is used in Genesis chapter 1. When God spoke in Genesis 1 and said, let there be light, it is that same word that is used, that word all. Let's go there. Verse 1 of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, the New King James Version. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And note, and the earth, note this, was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. Note, Bazalan, darkness that we read about here is not the absence of the sun because the sun was not created yet. Because when you read this chapter, you know that the, the sun and the moon and the stars were created on the fourth day. But this is the first day. And on the first day, it says, darkness was on the face of the deep. The earth was without form and void. The Spirit of God was hovering upon the face of the waters. And then the first words that God spoke is, let there be light. So this let there be light is the first thing that God spoke. And he speaks these words to a condition that is described as a condition where the earth is without form and void and it has darkness. So in other words, God injects light in the midst of darkness. God releases light in the midst of void and in the midst of confusion. That word void, that word without form and void, you've heard me say it, is tovabahu. It described a state in which things are in confusion, things are out of order, things have no life, things have no progress. Things are in a vicious cycle. When you look at the state of the earth, the water is on top of the earth and not collected into dens and seas. It's everywhere. Everything is out of order. Nothing grows. There's nothing new. It's a mess that continues day in and day out without getting better. It's a lifeless mess where nothing lives, nothing gets born, nothing gets constructed, nothing has direction, it's just darkness. And when God looks at this darkness, he, he releases light, not the sun. He says, let there be light. In the same way God releases light into the darkness of our lives. And the Bible shows us when God said, let there be light, there was light, not the sun. But there was light. And so what is this concept of light? That it is so powerful that even when there's darkness, it changes darkness. Because light is always more stronger than darkness. And light is what overcomes darkness. And light is what changes darkness. What is this light 
that where there was no fruitfulness, where there was no productivity, from the first day, we see the day after God started creating. Third day God created. Fourth day God created. But it began with the first words out of his mouth, the words light. So it means when God releases light, that light begins to progressively bring restoration. That light begins to progressively remove everything that is dead, everything that's not moving. That light, when it's introduced into the system of your life, it changes things that have been gone for a long time. And it is the same light that God has released into your life because we walk in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and it is the entrance of God's word that brings light and it gives understanding to the simple. Funny enough, darkness is not a thing. Darkness is not a tangibility. It's not a substance. It's the absence of something. Darkness in this instance is the absence of light. And very funny that even in science, you can't measure darkness. You never say something traveled at the speed of darkness. You say it traveled at the speed of light. Because light can be measured. Light is present. Light is tangibility. But darkness is the absence of light. And so when God said, let there be light, he was speaking to a condition where there was an absence of light. In the same way, when there's an absence of light in your life, God wants to release light into your life, into your family, into your business, into your home. God wants to release light into your career. God wants to release light into your institution. Let there be light. And that's the first thing that God released when he started the process of creation and restoration. Let there be light. In the same way when God enters that light into your life, it's the beginning of something great. Can somebody shout hallelujah in the house? The Hebrew word for light here is interesting as well because it's the same word, illumination. Luminary. But it's interesting, it also means lightning. Happiness. Bright. Clear. It means morning. When light comes, morning comes. We move from night time. Weeping may endure for a night. Mara joy comes in the morning. So it means light signals the beginning of something new. The dawn of a new era. The start of moving out of Tova Bohu. Let there be light. That word speaks of the sun as well. Very interesting. That even though the sun does not necessarily is not really necessarily the source of light, but it reflects the light that God gave it. But you can't separate the sun and the light. So it's important then, as I said, that at this stage of creation, God had not created the sun, the moon, and the stars yet. There was just darkness. Darkness that cannot be measured because it's a non-materiality. 
and light can be measured. Watch this, Barcelona. If that is true and God releases light, I'm trying to comprehend as a human being, what does this light do? When God said, let there be light, how can I understand that? This is what we are told, Barcelona. We are told that light travels at the speed of about 300,000 kilometers per second. Can you imagine? 300,000 kilometers per second. That's the speed of light. Or if you are calculating it in miles, it's 106,000 miles per second. Let's put it in context for you to understand it. When light, when a light ray travels from the moon to the earth, which is a distance of 384,400 kilometers. We are told that it takes 1.3 seconds from the moon to the earth. 1.3 seconds just to arrive on the face, on the face of the earth. Let, let, let me put it closer to you. This speed of 1.3 seconds traveling a distance of 384,400 kilometers. It's equivalent to doing three laps to Cape Town in 1.3 seconds. Think about it. Three laps to Cape Town in 1.3 seconds. That's how fast this light travels. You know, when I read this, it, it released a bomb in my spirit. When I realized if God's word is light, if God releases light, it means when God gives me a promise and tells me about my future, I can trust what God has said. Because God already has been to my future three times. And he knows what is going on in my future three times, even before I could comprehend what he said. In other words, by the time he speaks, God already knows the end from the beginning. So you can trust the promise of God, even if it doesn't look like what God has said is true. This is why God does not panic when we panic. God is not phased when we are panicking about the promise of God. When we are, when Satan has intercepted your life and Satan has interrupted the promise of God. This is why when you are praying and you are in shock and you are panicking, it's almost like because God already knows the end from the beginning. God knows more about your yesterday than you know about your yesterday. Can I hear an amen in the house? No wonder the Bible says, when you read in Isaiah 46, it says, God says, remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass for I do whatever I wish. I think somebody must give the Lord a shout there. You know what it means in the King James? It says God declares the end from the beginning. Dr. Miles Monroe was good in explaining this. You know, I couldn't understand it. He says, you know, the way God does things, he doesn't do things the way we do them. Runara, starter, and build up. You know, you start something, 
you build a foundation, then you come to the walls, then you come to window level, then you come to the roof, then, you know. That's not what God does. The way God builds is that he finishes first. Ah, come on now. That's what Isaiah says. It says, he declares the end from the beginning. He finishes first, then he reverses. And he starts. Mamela, 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 mamela. Which means, if God starts something, it's a sign that it has already... Ah, somebody is not hearing what we're saying in the house. It, it, it means when, when God starts something, he's already telling you, don't worry, I already know what's going to end. I wouldn't start it if I'm not going to finish it. That's what Paul says, I am confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. No, you're not hearing me. Listen to me. The fact that you are born into this earth is already assigned as a destiny of yours that is finished. The devil better leave you alone because God has already finished. The devil should have stopped you from being born. Mara, it's too late. You're already here. God has already started you. Can I hear a shout? Because God travels at a frequency. Where he has already finished. He's already done it. So by the time God says, I am calling you into the ministry, he already has provided everything you're going to need for this path. Come on now. God will always equip you in everything you need. That God led you to start a business. He knew that we're going to go through this time here, Corona. He knew we're going to go through this time of difficulty. God is not going to call you to fail. God's not going to call you and leave you out of the place. God will always be with you. So when we understand that, we learn to control our mouth. When life starts falling apart, we control what we say. We say, my life is safe in the hands of God. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. We learn to say, I know what God has begun in my life. He will bring it to completion. We tell people, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the good things that God has prepared for me. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Can I hear a good amen in the house? We declare, for I know the thoughts that God has for me. His thoughts to give me peace and to give me a future and an expected end. God's not going to bring me into this world to fail. God's not going to bring me and give me this project to fail. God already knows my destiny. He knows more about my tomorrow than I know about my yesterday. God's going to bring me through. And because we know that God is light, it helps me to hold on to the promise of God. Can I hear a good amen in the house? Can I hear a good amen in the house? The sun and the moon were created on the fourth day. Verse 14. Then God said, let there be the lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Note verse 16. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day. I mean the sun... Even if it's only reflecting the light and it's not the light itself. But by virtue of it having light, it rules the day. 
When you walk in the light of the word of God, you will rule. You will walk in authority and power. Why? Because the light of the word makes you to have a certain level of ability and power. It rules the day and the lesser light to rule the night. So God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, verse 18, and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw it was good, verse 19. So it was evening and the morning and these were the fourth day. So the sun and the moon were created on the fourth day. But the light was released on the first day. So what is light? What is this light? Because we know that by merely speaking, God brought things into being. We know that this light is the first creative words that God spoke. And he calls forth light in the midst of darkness, which means the cure for darkness is light. The only thing that defeats darkness is light. And in ancient history, God releases light because this light is necessary for making God's creative works visible. This light is necessary for making life possible. When God released that life progressively over time, life came back on the earth. The plants came, vegetation came, animals came, the fish came, the solar system was ordered. Everything went back. It looks like this light does incredible things. And so light in the Bible is very interesting because in the broader sense, light in the Bible is symbolic of life and blessing. Second Samuel 2, 29 says, for you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. This means when I'm walking in darkness, God brings light brings blessing. In Psalms 56, 13 says, for you have delivered my soul from death. You have not kept my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living. Proverbs 1, 1, 2 verse 4 says, unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He's gracious and full of compassion and righteous. And Isaiah 58 verse 8 says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. So this light, this materiality that God brings, it speaks of blessing. It speaks of the life of God. It's the essence of who God is. It brings progress, development. It brings revelation, understanding. It brings us to a place of rulership and authority we rule. It enlightens our eyes. We can see, we can understand, we can comprehend. It brings happiness, joy. It takes away misery. It removes yokes. It destroys burden. It is light. And so when God's word enters our lives, it brings us into another level in our lives. And when we embrace the light of God's word, our lives changes and our life moves to another level. In the same way, that natural light and the sun literally carries all of creation. I want to show you this. Allow me please to make an observation from science about the importance of the sun and light 
from nature or from a natural perspective. Light being the main source of energy for all living organisms. And nature has taught our ancestors that when light breaks the darkness, there's a new beginning and a new day. We use light. Light is used for energy, food formation, growth of the human body. It's used for the regulation of physiology. Light is used for sight and vision. Light is used for heat and temperature, for drying and evaporation. Light is used for speed regulation. It's a source of electrical energy. It's there used for chemical analysis. Light is used for, to sanitize the earth, to kill germs. It's used as a signaling system and as a sterilizing process. Let's go over those things quickly. Number one, we all know this process called photosynthesis. This is where the energy from light is trapped as a chemical energy and stored as food. Trapped through the leaves of the green plants. Photosynthesis is a concept in biology wherein food is synthesized in the green leaves during the presence of light. Meaning this, that light is the sole source of food generation for all living organisms. Since plants are the first food chain source, and all animals obtain their food from plants, then it means if it were not for light, all of us as beings on this planet wouldn't be living. And this is why the light of God's word is a life source in your life. It's the light of God's word that keeps you alive. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Number two, light is there for vision and sight. All animals, birds can see the objects around them due to the presence of eyes. But without light, these eyes are without use. Why? Because the eyes receive the reflected images of the object and they send the information to the brain. And this is why when it's dark, we can't see. We can't comprehend what is there. But light is also there to help us admire the beautiful colors. I don't know if you saw the beautiful colors of the pens of our worshipers here today. <laughs> but if it was dark, <laughs> we wouldn't see. As you know, that the, the light beam has many spectra. And each spectrum has color. The colors are as follows, violet, indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, and red. And all these colors, we are told, they have different wavelengths and frequencies, different to darkness. Darkness has no frequency. Darkness has no wavelength, but these ones, they are a materiality. Because darkness is the absence of. And these reflected rays, they fall on our eyeballs, and they make an impression of our brains, and we see the beautiful colors. Thirdly, light is there to regulate the growth of our body, to help us in our sleep pattern and in body physiology. We are told that exposure to the sun is essential for life and it helps us produce vitamin D. It regulates sleep and it helps in body growth and more. I was talking to a doctor not long ago who told me that there's a, a lot of research that's been done right now got the coronavirus 
and they're trying to check how so many people passed on in India. And they have found a very interesting thing that many of the people who passed on because of the coronavirus there were, had a vitamin D deficiency. Now, it's strange because India is a very hot place, and I don't know what happened. But they say, yeah, you know, people must expose themselves, but there's a, you know, there are different types of vitamin D. And some of it is working in the sun. Some of you need to work in the sun a little bit. Little Kalendi complexions alone. But this vitamin D synthesis is very important because exposure to the sun is essential for life. It helps you produce vitamin D. And it's an important thing that uh, this vitamin D helps us in many ways. Also, we are told that when it comes to the body physiology, the light that is there is stored in this food called carbohydrates. And when we eat food, these carbohydrates get broken down into the body and they produce energy for the body. So in essence, the light energy that was conserved in food is used up to build and maintain our body functions. So light is quite important, right? Light is very, very important. And we are told that when people walk in the sun, you know, and, and I've noted in many parts of the world where there's not much sunshine, research was showing that the the rate of depression was much higher in those countries where there wasn't much sunshine, you know. And, uh, I mean, we traveled to Scotland. Bishop and I were preaching there once, and, I mean, it was gloomy and dark for many days. I mean, just the sky was gray. No sun, nothing. Nothing at all. And, and then it's cold there, and you, you wonder the people there, it's 12 degrees, and they go out with their short pants and their short sleeves. They say, it's summertime. Kera summer. Summer, kokai. But for some reason, when we were there, by the grace of God, for three days, the weather changed. And it was 21 degrees Celsius. Beautiful. And Pastor Benny says, this never happens here. It never happens. I says, I know it never happens. The Africans are here. That's why it's happening. <laughs> I brought a bit of sun for you. We brought some sun for you. But you know, when you walk in the sun and absorb the sun, people in sunshine places, you look at these tropical areas. And you look at their dress code, you look at their dance moves, and you listen to their music, and you look at their demeanor. They are happy people. They are full of joy. Some of you, I think you must walk in the sun a lot. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, I think we're not working out well. Either way, we're not. <laughs> Number four, the sun is used for drying and evaporation. It helps to dry the soil, the forests, it also helps the water to evaporate from the oceans and from the ponds. Very interesting that this process of the evaporation of water, the water evaporates from these dirty ponds, from the rivers and so on, but comes back as fresh water. So something about light and the sun, it brings freshness and newness. When you walk in the light of God, it brings freshness and newness in your life. Without the water cycle, all the water on the earth would remain in the oceans. There would be no water for us to drink. There would be no water on the surface of the earth. Number five, the sun helps in the sanitation, sanitation and in helping in scavenging. In other words, sunlight helps in keeping nature clean. Some of the animals, when they die and they are dead bodies and they are there rotting, the sun dries them out so that Finally, these animals can decompose 
and finally be turned back into the soil. So even if, even if it was something that would potentially be harmful, dirty and infectious, but the sun helps to sanitize. Isn't it amazing? So light helps in the sanitizing process. Number six, the sun helps to maintain temperature. We are told like, like energy from the sun, sunlight raises the temperature of the earth. We are told that if the sun didn't shine, the earth would be a very cold place. And nothing would be able to live on this earth. Nothing would survive without the heat from the sun. And so it maintains temperature. So light is essential to maintain temperature on the earth and thereby to maintain life. Number seven, in medicine is interesting. The sun is, or light, is widely used as phototherapy. Exposure to light is preferred for the treatment of newborns with jaundice. Skin conditions like psoriasis, I learned that term. Or even mood disorders. That's why I say some of you need to walk in the sun. <laughs> even certain types of cancers, they use light. So light is used. Number eight, in communication. What about data transmission? Light is used to transmit data through optic fibers. And we are told in optic fibers, it travels very fast. Even for broadcasting, telephone calls, computer networking, the remote that you use for your television, it emits infrared rays, gives signal to your television. So light appears to be a simple phenomenon in the universe, but it does so many incredible things. It communicates, it transmits data. So when you walk in the light of God's word, God transmits the data of his kingdom to you. Reveals his word to you so that God's word is not just a story, it's not just a history book, it's not just a dead book. It's something that you live by, it's something that you apply. It's something when you apply, it changes and transforms your life. Instead of being a book that's on the shelf gathering dust. And when light, that's why Paul prayed, I pray that the light of the gospel should shine in your hearts. That it just doesn't become a dead book, but light comes from it. Number nine, now we are using solar energy. This is electricity generation. Rays from the sun that helps us generate green energy or renewable energy. Number 10, light is used in microscopy. A technique that's used to observe minute objects that are not visible to the naked eye. They use a microscope. This technique needs light to help us observe images clearly. In the spiritual, light helps you to be able to see the things that God's doing, to have revelation and understanding, and not walk around and grope around in darkness. It helps you to see the secrets of God, to understand when God brings you to Kairos moments, to times when your life is going to change. You are able to see when you are walking in an opportunity that is an opportunity of a lifetime. You are able to see when God is at work. You are able to discern when the anointing is at work. You are able to have insight because you have got light. But when you don't have light, you can't respond even when God is speaking. You are not sensitive to what God is doing. You do the wrong things at the wrong time. 
Jesus talked to the people of his day. He said, I can't understand you. You are like children who are sitting in the marketplaces. They are saying to their friends, we sang and you didn't dance. We cried and we, you didn't mourn. He said, you haven't understood the times. When the light of the gospel is shining in your life, you'll be able to understand the times and the seasons. And God will lead you to make the right decisions at the right time. But just in the natural helps us. Wow, number 11. It helps us in research in physics. Light is widely used to study properties of radiations. It's essential to observe objects in the universe by astronomers. And finally, it's used for sterilization. They use ultraviolet rays to sterilize. Some of the wards and somebody was telling me like some of the TB wards, they have these UV lamps that they put on and they emit ultraviolet rays. And what happens? They are able to sterilize and kill all the microbes in the air, keeping the area sterile. David says, thy word have I hid in my heart. Oh, that my life might be sterilized, that I might not sin against you. And so I want to ask you, are you going to walk in the light of the word of God today? Because God said, let there be light. I mean, it is the light of God's word that's able to change us. Many people walk away from the light of God's word and they wonder why they get trapped in a cycle of darkness. They wonder why they're battling with darkness. Some of you watching on television, you may be battling with darkness where you are. You're looking at a life full of a vicious cycle. Some of you in here, some of you who are on social media, you're battling with darkness in your life. You know, all you need to do, even right here, is to open up to the light of God's word. And say, you know what, God? I'm going to live by your word. I'm going to do what your word tells me to do. I'm going to choose your way and not my way. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. As I walk in that word, where you declared, let there be light. My path, oh God, will shine brighter and brighter and brighter. I know maybe everything is not going to change overnight. But you release the light on the first day. And because you brought light into my darkness, day in and day out, as I walk in my path, I see, oh, my family is okay. Oh, my finances are okay. Oh, my health is okay. Oh, my business is okay. Oh, my career is okay. Oh, my church is okay. And day by day, as you walk in the light of the word, God is able to take you to a higher height. But the decision is up to you to live your own way and to follow God's way and say, God, I receive your light. If it is that you've been walking away from God, this is the opportunity for you to commit your life to Jesus Christ, to invite him that he should be the savior and the Lord of your life to change you and make you a child of God. And I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads please and close your eyes right where you are. If that is you and you say, I want to invite Jesus into my life, into my heart, please pray for me. 
I've not been walking in the way of light. Maybe it could be that as a child of God, your life changed and you were born again, but as you kept on walking at some point, you allowed darkness to come back into your life. You allowed yourself to start walking in darkness. But today, as you're listening to the word, you're saying, you know what? I'm going back to the way of light and I need prayer. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Whatever category you belong to, if you need prayer, in any of those categories, would you raise your hand right where you are? We want to pray for you. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. Just raise it high right where you sit. Just raise it high. Let me see it. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. God bless you for those hands. Raise it high. Raise it high. Ashas, please, just go and stand next to those people. And the counselors, please, as well, if you could get closer to those people. Just raise it high. This is the way to do it. Just raise it high. That's right. See, this is why we come to church. We come here for God to sort our lives out. This is why we have a television broadcast. We do it on television. So that right where you are, in the, in the comfort of your home, God can reach you. God can reach you. Whether you are live streaming, wherever you are, you can also raise your hand. Even if I don't see you, just raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. May I ask the people who raise their hands, would you stand on your feet, please? Right where you are, just stand on your feet. Let me pray for you. Don't, don't walk yet, please, Ashes. Don't walk yet, please, I ask you. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these precious people. I pray for every one of them as they, cons as they come to you and they invite Jesus Christ into their hearts. Also, as they call for your help, whatever their situation, I want to thank you that you come into their lives, you change their lives, you transform them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said...